Hello. Welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast, where we discuss mindful movement through dance and through life. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with Halima Dodo about her leadership and her journey to following her dreams of becoming a dancer. I first met Halima through doing Voyage, where she co-directed with Sura Yang, and I just thought she was so wonderful, had so much energy and so much knowledge to share. So that is why I really wanted to have her on the podcast. Halima is a movement artist who wears many hats, dancer, teacher, choreographer, movement coach, and creative lead for branded campaigns. Whether on stage, in front of the lens, or behind the scenes directing the vision, Halima is no stranger to commercial appeal. Her sky-high energy has electrified music videos and live shows for major recording artists like Meek Mill, DJ Khaled, Justin Bieber, Daddy Yankee, Anita, and Yemi Alade. Web shows for Pop Sugar and Steezy Studio on YouTube and Facebook, and a variety of indie slash feature films, including Ryan Murphy's The Prom, now streaming on Netflix, and Beyonce's Black is King on Disney+. Halima is based in Los Angeles, but credits her humble beginnings in Miramar, Florida, for her signature style. Her mission is to captivate the world wherever her feet land, fusing Miami, Jamaican, and West African roots with hip-hop and contemporary styles. As always, thank you so much for listening and let's get right into the conversation. Hello, welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast. I am your host, Justine Wang, and today I have the amazing and wonderful Halima Dodo. Hi! <laughs> Hi, um, can you tell us who you are and about your story? Um, wow, where do I begin? Um, I am a petite black American girl <laughs> with a lot of energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, I'm originally from South Florida, a small mm. suburb called Miramar. It's close to Miami, not exactly Miami. So I tell people Miami, my parents are not from the U S my dad's from Nigeria. My mom's from Jamaica. Mm. And when I was young, apparently I had no rhythm. So they put me in dance classes because how could a girl from the islands and the motherland not have rhythm and the rest is history and it's their fault. I'm a dancer. (laughs) 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 But um, no, since growing up, I've been in dance my whole life. And at some point I decided I wanted to make it my life's work, my life's career. And so, yeah, that's what I do. I dance, I teach, I perform, and I just love sharing movement with people and telling story through movement love that first of all could have never guessed that because you just seem so like you know dance 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 like I can't imagine oh, no I was bad <laughs> I still feel like I'm a bad dancer I feel like we all have that voice in our heads but I literally today on Facebook I know archaic Facebook I'm from that generation it was like check out a post from years ago on this day and 10 years ago on November 4th there's video footage of me performing with my college hip hop dance team. And I don't even recognize myself. Like no pocket, no levels, <laughs> no groove, no nothing. And we called it hip hop. How dare we? <laughs> I feel that. I can't, I can't go back and watch those videos. Um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, um, 
you know, see that you're a very hardworking, consistent, resilient person. So like, I just want to know how. Um, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, but I'm not. I think for me, going through life and facing its challenges head on, my faith is something that helped me to remain grounded, helped me to remain um, knowing my identity and yeah, my faith in God and understanding that I was made to be a specific person with a specific purpose in life has helped me face, you know, whatever rejections I go through, whatever challenges I go through. And yeah, that's the biggest part of me being resilient. I feel like I'm strong because of God and I'm strong because of my faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, As someone who's not religious, Mm -hmm. um, I just want to know like, how, how, (laughs) how do you, you know, how do you continue to have faith? I think like faith in general, right? Like, like whatever, like people all have that concept of it. Like, how do you continue to have faith even when things are hard? Like, you know, what is that? Yeah, no, that's a really good question because if I'm honest, growing up, religion wasn't necessarily my own. It it was something that belonged to my parents perhaps. And Mm -hmm. I grew up with an introduction to multiple religions because my dad's side of the family is Muslim and my mom's side is Christian. Mm-hmm. So I was introduced to religion as a concept. And then at some point for myself personally, I was able to experience God in what felt like a relationship that was unique to myself and my own experiences and not so much what people were telling me to think and telling me to believe. So because I feel like faith is a deeply personal and unique experience to myself and each person that's what keeps me going so when I am relying on a specific set of truths that I deeply believe in I know that it's going to affect me a specific way and that my truths might not be the same truths as others and it might not affect others the same way but because I know the impact it has on me that's what keeps me going if I may ask what are your personal truths my personal truths. Wow. Um, everyone deserves to be loved. Everyone is valuable and worthy. Everyone has a unique purpose and destiny. And there's no level of weakness, mistake or failure or shortcoming that would make you invaluable in this world, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, how did you come to discover that for yourself um I guess trial and error of life trial and error of life I think it was a process of me trying to figure out growing up okay where do I fit in in my school or like how do people think of me or how am I going to be accepted in this world? How am I going to make my parents proud or how am I going to be liked by my friends and my peers? And then in facing all those things, I realized, Oh, I actually don't need to be all of these things to meet all of these people's expectations. I just need to be who God made me to be. And when I was struggling to understand myself and understand where I felt like I could contribute in the world, knowing that, um, God was with me and for me made it not necessarily easier, but gave me an assurance to know that I could 
be confident that I was gifted and skilled to do what I needed to do and that I had a place in this world, if that makes sense. It it does, but it doesn't. Because <laughs> I, I can't imagine having that kind of like faith in, you know, something that... It's, you know, like you know? when you... Anyone who wants to get strong physically, they go to the gym and they work out, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And because they have a, a consistent time and place that they go to and they meet with a specific person or they meet with themselves and they do various exercises that increase in intensity and it's challenging and it's hard, but little by little, they learn not to give up. I would say having a relationship with yourself or with God or a higher power is just like that. It's a relationship that grows in strength. The more that that strength is tested, the more that that relationship is tested, you get stronger and stronger. And each day in life is like an exercise that allows that relationship and that trust to build with God, at least for me, or if you're in a gym and you're getting stronger with yourself. Mm. That makes a little bit more sense. (laughs) Um, What, what are those like specific exercises or like practices? Some people would call it an affirmation. Some might call it a meditation. I think the biggest thing for me is prayer and understanding who I am and who God is through his word, which I believe to be in the Bible. And so it's just learning. It's being open to learn, open to communicate. Um, Again, in my faith and in my belief, God is a person that I can like talk to and come to. He's a father. He's a friend. He's a guidance. He's someone who is like a safe haven for me. So I think because there's that transparency Every day when I'm in prayer, when I'm, you know, reading the Bible, or even when I talk to other people, like how we're talking now, and they share their challenges or their wins or things that they've experienced or their own experiences with God, whether they have a religion or they don't, I feel like I'm growing an understanding of who I am and who God is. Mm. Um, Connecting this to dancing, Mm -hmm. um, how does this show up in your dance journey? Oh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be here without him. (laughs) I would not be here without God. And for lack of better words, his grace, because I was in a completely different life before I was pursuing dance full time. And because I trusted that he gave me these gifts for a reason, I left an entirely different career, a different life. I left everything that my parents expected me to do and expected me to be to be a dancer. And I had to live with those consequences. I had to live with those repercussions. And I was tempted to, and probably actually did feel so many times that, oh, I made a mistake or I'm not going to make it, or I shouldn't be doing this, or I'm a failure. But because I know that this is my purpose and I know that this is who I am, I'm able to keep going. I'm able to continue showing up Even when I fail, even when someone looks at me and they're like, yeah, no, you're not the type. Yeah, no, you're not good enough. I can be like, well, my God says I'm good enough. So I'm going to just keep it moving and I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. You can take your whatever over there and leave it over there. And I'm going to move on in this direction. (laughs) Love that. Um, Can you can you like give like a specific example, you know, of like when something was like maybe really challenging and then you like overcame that? Oh, man, there's so many instances. 
I feel like there isn't any, not that there isn't any, it's hard to say like a specific Mm. day, time, this is what happened. And then I won. It's more like it's been season, Mm. seasons of difficulty and then seasons of feeling like, wow, I figured it out. Like we're doing this thing and then hitting another wall or obstacle or barrier challenge and then, okay, okay, let's climb that mountain again. And, you know, so it's, it's definitely more seasons. I would say one of the most difficult seasons was for sure when I left my job and I decided to, to dance. And what that looked like for me is that I had joined a work-study program at a studio called Movement Lifestyle. And so, you know, my income had changed. I had to change my living situation to be closer to the studio And in the beginning, and like I said, like for me, I know God is looking out for me because when I approached my supervisor and I was like, hey, I got this scholarship to pursue my dream. And, you know, this is how I phrased it, you know, in the professional setting, but I was going to go be a work study at a dance studio. (laughs) And they were like, they knew I was a dancer. They knew that I was, you know, in rehearsals on teams and performances. And so they were like, we totally support you, but they still needed help. Like they still needed a staff. So I was able to stay on payroll at that company for almost seven to eight months. And that greatly helped my transition financially into being a dancer. And then after that, when the checks weren't coming in, like how they were coming in, I had to take on every odd job in the rainbow. And there was a time where I was working maybe three to four jobs at a time. And so, yeah, that was really difficult. but. Like non-dance jobs? Non-dance jobs. And then eventually dance jobs were coming in, but they didn't happen all the time. And so I was still working three to four side jobs and dance jobs when they occurred. And all those times that I was being stretched, I knew that God was providing each opportunity. And I knew that if I made it through this hard work at this time, things would get easier And they did little by little. And at the same time, things got harder. And I now I'm only just now realizing that this is what the process and the journey is, that things get easier, but they also get harder. The more you increase in level, increase in capacity, increase increase in ability, your life will get easier. But the challenges that are thrown your way are going to intensify as well. So I now that I accept that that's how life goes that's what's helped me overcome those challenging seasons. I think when we look at people who are successful, who share their stories, we're, you know, we just see the highlight reel. We don't see the dark days. We don't see the hustle, but we also don't see that the hustle doesn't stop. It just changes and transforms. So at that time, my hustle was, you know, paying my bills and making ends meet. Mm -hmm. And now my hustle is knowing that I'm worthy on jobs and spaces where, you know, you do face rejection, you do face prejudices and biases and certain standards and expectations. So I'm still hustling and fighting challenges and fighting tough seasons. It just looks differently. Like I can be on jobs, I can post and say, look at what I'm doing. I'm doing all these things, but it's still hard. (laughs) It got harder, actually. Um, I don't know if that answered the question, but yeah. I don't don't even remember what the question was. (laughs) (laughs) Told you if I'm rambling. No, that's okay. I feel like that definitely took me somewhere because I, I kind of get that. I feel like um, for a while, like I was just training and like focusing on training. But then recently 
um, being able to teach and like, um, I guess like lead a couple of like spaces. It just feels like, oh, like this is what I wanted, but also like, it feels really hard. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. This isn't what they posted on Instagram. <laughs> I wasn't in the YouTube video. What? No way. What? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it feels really hard. And I feel like when, you know, you get to this point, it's almost like harder to find the advice that I'm looking for, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, because people don't really talk about it. So I'm like, who do I who do I get to the point that you've asked for and worked hard towards and like literally the thing that you've prayed for, what do you do then? Yeah. Like, like what do you do then? You don't know because you've never attained it. You've only known how to strive for it. So yeah, definitely achieving goals comes with not to say consequences, but again, like other challenges arrive after that. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, you know, you worded that really well, like, I was always striving for it, but now I'm attaining it slowly and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess this is like a personal, like, what do you do? You know, like, what am I? I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Um, process of elimination. <laughs> what you don't do is self-sabotage. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience, I think what I have struggled with over the years is uh, a sense of like imposter syndrome and feeling like, oh my gosh, like all this time I felt like I wasn't good enough to be in these spaces, which is why I had to work so hard. And then you get to these spaces and you, you're still carrying that that baggage. And so I'm having to unload and offload that baggage and relearn, no, you're skilled, you're qualified, you're equipped. And because these things are provided to you, instead of comparing what my own journey or process looks like, I'm now relearning what gratitude means and what it means to be content with where I am, what I have as I am, even if I might not feel like I'm at my greatest to know that I am enough even right now. And I don't need to keep adding things into my life to be good enough to do what I want to do. I have to sit on that a little bit. (laughs) Easier said than done. Easier said than done. We're still working on the done part for me. <laughs> you know, like I just, I just don't know what that takes to like let go of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. Even mm-hmm. though it's like I know that it's like not, it's like self sabotage, right? Like, but then oh, I got it. But a part of me is like, you know, which I, which the the knowledge part of me always knows like if you're more compassionate towards yourself like you're actually able to change but it's also like if I keep telling myself I'm enough like am I just settling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. conflict I have with yeah. that yeah no that that's a very real conflict I I would say that comes from having a high achieving mindset and wanting to see certain results, which is something that I've experienced a lot. And so I would say, I would say a lot of times we're expected to always be achieving the next high thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing now that that's actually not necessary. And what that looks like for you might be different for another person. And that's fine. So as opposed to 
understanding settling as a concept of negativity, I would say it's more like accepting you're worthy, whether or not you're doing what other people are doing to to deem themselves as being worthy and knowing that from what you have available, you can be great. Does that make sense? It does. And it doesn't mean that you don't continue to improve, but it doesn't mean that improving is what sets the standard of whether or not you're you're worthy. Does it, is that making sense? Because that for me is the challenge of not always relying on goals and achievements for validation. So if I want to say, okay, I'm enough, I'm enough. If I work hard, I'm enough. If I feel tired and I'm lazy, I'm enough. If I do this job and if I'm enough, if I don't do this job and I'm enough, if I do a good job and I'm enough, if I don't do a good job, but it would be up to you to know, okay, all these things can be true, but does that mean I stay stuck in self-loathing or does that mean I see myself as a victim or does that mean I acknowledge this is where I am today, but that I won't always stay here? Oof. There was one sentence you said. Um, I think like seeing goals and accomplishment as validation is not something I thought about because it was like, it's not, it's not coming from a person, you know, it's like, if I achieve it, it's like, I'm still accomplishing it. But I guess that that is still validation. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what, this is just a random thought that's coming to my mind. And I feel in a certain way that the reason why in this culture of merit, like I think it's usually called meritocracy of you work hard, you get this result Mm -hmm. is how we're conditioned through our education, through higher education and in the workforce. But then you're in these spaces and you're in life and you're like, "Mm, life doesn't work that way. And so I feel like this could be something that people in academic spaces struggle with more in other world settings because we're so used to like, okay, we do the work and we get this grade. We do the work and we get mm-hmm. this result, but life isn't linear like that. So if you only operate under that perspective or mindset, you will start to feel like, okay, I'm settling. Okay. I'm not good enough. Okay. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, like that, that kind of mindset starts to come because you're constantly reliant on this is the result. This is the goal. This is the achievement. If I get these things, this is how people respond. And it makes me feel good about myself, but you have to learn. And I'm in the process of learning and relearning. No, I have to feel good about myself with or without those things, with or without people being like, yes, you did that with or without me being like, I got a whole other level in my career and in my dancing. I have to be like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I can strive for these things, but I can also be okay with taking time and not seeing the result immediately. Yeah, I think, yeah, when I graduated, that was definitely the first thing I had to like unlearn was like, you know, if you just study for a test, you get your test results like literally the next day. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have that anymore. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's a trap. They don't, they don't get you ready for life. (laughs) Life gets you ready for life. (laughs) Life gets you ready for life. Ooh, life gets you ready. I really hate that. (laughs) I do too. I wish it wasn't like that, but here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I find school a lot easier than, you know, life. (laughs) There's a blueprint. Real life 
there people will try to offer blueprints and then you'll try their blueprint and be like, ah, oh, this doesn't fit. Like, you know how an architect has to measure everything to exact parameters and even like an engineer has to do that. But then you're trying to like use someone else's measurements for your measurements and it's just not fitting. It's hard to remember those things, you know, like I feel like these days it's like I get I get really caught up in like, oh, like Halima is a really good leader. Like Sora is a really good leader. Um, they feel like I have like I feel like they have their stuff together and like, what am I doing? <laughs> all a ruse. It's all a ruse. <laughs> we don't have it together. <laughs> We're all flabbergasted like the rest of everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, everything looks good on the outside but even I feel like what you're saying reminds me that everything happens in waves and everything happens in different volumes so I wasn't a leader overnight like again it's years and years of trial and error years of observation years of research years of building awareness and being open to growing and being open to failing and learning from the failures and the weaknesses. So yeah, I feel like what helps me lead well is that I learned from healthy leaders and I've also learned from unhealthy leaders. And so that's kind of how you get to that point. And I would say you even now, like you have everything available to you to be a leader. It's just exercising the skills and believing that you can do it again, easier said than done. And knowing that you don't have to wait on a specific opportunity to validate whether or not you can lead. I think sometimes in certain industries and communities, there's a level of gatekeeping that can be healthy and gatekeeping that can hold people back. Like people that, you know, really have something special to share with the world. So you are a leader. Thank you. You are. Thank you. Um, what was that like? Like, what do you think? How do you think you've improved, I guess, as a leader, since we're on that topic, um, as a leader slash teacher throughout the years? How have I improved? I think it has to do with trusting myself and trusting what I want to share and also realizing that it's not about serving my own personal self-interest, but about the people around me and making sure that the people around me are lifted up and supported. And I would say that what helps in leadership is being specific with your vision. Um, mm -hmm. And whenever you're trying to achieve the vision, doing it in a way that has compassion, doing it in a way that is genuine and doing it in a way that is effective and healthy. And yeah, it's just, I think in terms of making leadership healthy, it has to do with the way people feel when you lead and the results that come from it, you know, cause some people lead based on fear. Other people lead based on feeling and charm and others lead based on, you know, the result. And so it's like, I tend to gear more towards the result and feeling aspect of it. Like knowing that I'm a human you're a human being a leader doesn't mean I'm better than you and you're less than me. Like I, I like I see humans as all equals. Yes. Mm -hmm. How, 
how do you want people to be feeling when you're leading them? I definitely want people to feel like they're capable, that they're gifted, that they're valued, that they're worthy, and that what we're achieving together as a team is worth achieving and that it matters that they're there to help make that happen. Love that. How are you doing that? (laughs) You know, it's hard to describe specifically Mm -hmm. how. I would say I try to listen and I try to understand others and I try to have a deeper understanding of what the goal is, whether I'm leading a rehearsal or a class or a project or a visual, I'm like, okay, this is the goal. Here's what we need to do. Here's what my expectations are. And I also try to be adaptable to changes. Um, Mm. I try to be specific. I try to be thorough. And I also try to be clear in my communication. And I try to communicate in a way that doesn't make a person feel like I'm talking down to them. Like, I don't like to talk down. Like, I think in general, there's ways that I don't want to be treated. So I don't treat others in that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to summarize this whole conversation so far, because I feel <laughs> like there are, like, very apparent truths in the way that you talk and I feel like you not only like talk about it but you very much like embody it you know and I and I'm trying to I'm trying to find like the words for everything that just happened (laughs) (laughs) definitely compassionate um I think something that comes with the resiliency is like your openness to the different changes in life and then like being adaptable. Yeah. That's that's what you said. And yeah. I feel like that's hard to do. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult. And maybe the reason why I'm able to adapt is because whether I wanted to or not, I've had to <laughs> in life. That's just what life has thrown my way. Sometimes I feel like I've lived 10 different lifetimes because I've pivoted in through so many different spaces, so many different communities, jobs, roles, titles, responsibilities that I had to learn how to shift my mind and my perspective in each different space and each different circle. Um, I don't know if that's like middle child syndrome, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> I've had to be a chameleon <laughs> and I've, I've gone through various life transitions, multiples of them. And so I think that's what enables me to be adaptable, but not everyone's life is that way. There are a lot of yeah. people who lived in the same place, grew up with the same friends, went to work with the same people, have a family that has maybe stayed the same where everyone stayed in the same place, you know? So it's, my life just wasn't really predictable. Like it started off with the expectation to be predictable. And then I was like, ha screw that. And it just wasn't. <laughs> do you think you, I mean, you probably do, but like, do you enjoy the unpredictability better, you know? Or is it like? I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of understanding now why 
uh, older people are the way they are because the older you get, the more you crave a sense of stability and structure. Mm. And so maybe a few years ago, I think it also has to do with my expectation that, oh, this is just the passing time. Like it'll get easier and everything will be fine. You know, and then now fast forward, I'm like, okay, who set me up? Who set me up? Because this is hard. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think now I have to adjust my expectations so that I realize, no, this is just what life is. Like hardship and suffering is a part of life, but that's not all there is. Uncertainty is a part of life, but that doesn't mean you can't find joy and celebration and gratitude in it so yeah I don't know if that answers the question but that's been my observation um just because you know uncertainty is hard (laughs) it is very where do you where do you find the joy and the you know gratitude where yeah where is it (laughs) I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um I feel like the joy comes in different forms Mm. It could come from a routine. It can come from doing things that I like to do just because I like to do it. It can come from doing things that I like to do that make me feel like I achieved something. It can come from spending time with people I care about. It can come from knowing that life is full of highs and lows and that's how it's meant to be. It can come from a lot of different things. Because, I mean, the unknown is always going to be there. I think once I began and am beginning to and continue to accept that the unknown is never going to suddenly be like, oh, we're good now. Bye. It's a wrap. <laughs> no, un- the unknown is always going to be here. It might be on this shoulder. It might be on this shoulder. It might be in that corner. And then it'll like wave off and then come back and it's a bigger cloud. Like it's just, it's always going to be there. So now that I'm accepting that more, everything else that makes me happy is also still going to be there. It's It'll change the same way that the unknown will have different forms. And so since the two are always going to exist, I might as well pick the better of the two <laughs> to focus on. You know what I mean? Like That makes sense. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, I don't remember what book it was, but it was talking about how like freedom, like unpredictability, I guess, in some sense. Um is you know what everyone thinks they desire but then um it takes a level of courage to actually enjoy it yes wow wow that is spot on that is spot on it literally takes courage to believe that you can enjoy life because you know we're told subliminally or explicitly you can only enjoy life when A, B, C, D, E, F, G happens. And that's not the case. Like it really does take boldness to be like, no, I'm going to enjoy it whether you say I can or not. You know, like that's true. I don't know why it just sounds better coming from you. <laughs> no, it sounded great coming from you. That, that, I'm taking that with me. I'm taking that yeah. one in my pocket. Taking that one. Um, I think I still, I just want to know like, you know, in, in a little bit more detail, because, um, I feel like a lot of people feel like they can't get into dancing because they're like older or like, you know, like they're not, I don't know, they go to school or like whatever. Um, and it sounds like you 
started pursuing dance after college question mark yes okay yes I mean I had been dancing my whole life but I never in my head had thought I would become a dancer make it a career Mm -hmm. even even when I was going to master classes and things like that I was like this is fun and I was like I just want to be great like I just want to be good you know Mm -hmm. that was all I was thinking about you know because you know I have to like prove myself to something I don't know but um yeah it it was like I started later in terms of pursuing it professionally and it feels like you do have to catch up. It feels like you're crazy because why would, why would you start this late? Why would you this? Why would you that? And all those whys come from other people's limited perceptions of what's possible. Anything is possible if you believe. The simplest phrase, but it's completely true. If you believe you can do this, you can try whether you do it well or not, doesn't matter, but you still can. And so anybody can pursue dance at any age, at any level of ability, if you believe that you can. And as soon as you start to believe, oh, why would I? And why could I? Why should I? Then it's not possible because you're wondering the doubt is there. And so the doubts are always going to be there. But when you find the space to just like, kick those doubts out and do it anyways, you're doing the thing that you didn't believe you could do. And there's many, many, many dancers who start later in life, who start without the same background, like people who haven't started in a studio, people who didn't start learning choreography and all sorts of things, or people who only did freestyle and then are learning how to pick up choreography or people who only knew choreography and now are learning how to like do freestyle and foundation like Anyone at any age can do it. And the biggest references I have for this, a friend of mine, Alix, she's from uh, she's from France and lives in Miami. And we met in LA. And I had no idea this woman was almost 40 years old. And she was in these classes back to back. She had literally only started dancing a year or two prior. Oh my god. And I was like, what? <laughs> what and she was in ballet she was in hip-hop she was in the gym she was like in house she was going to freestyle session I was like who are you and then one day she was like it's my 40th birthday I was like what (laughs) and so like her tell me anything is possible um a dancer that I was just talking to today he started also later in life toured with Lady Gaga for 12 years. And he's like, I don't know his exact age. He might either be 40 or almost 40. And he started when he was like in his late 20s, almost 28. And so anything is possible. And for me, I I remember feeling like I didn't have, I didn't know how to do hip hop because I only did ballet and tap and jazz for like 13 years. Oh my and gosh. when I got into the industry, I didn't do conventions. I didn't know so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. I was like a blank slate in this world and I've made a way somehow. So, you know, it's anything is possible. Anything is possible. (laughs) Anything is possible. You just have to do the thing. You have to take action. You literally have to like set up a meeting with fear and be like, hey, we got to talk. So I know you (laughs) didn't where you try to stop me from living my best life and like you try to make me think I can't do these things, but like you're wrong and I'm going to prove you wrong. Let's go. 
bye. There's the door. Get out. <laughs> you know, like you literally have to take fear and push it out. It's always going to be there, just like unknown, just like doubt, just like insecurity. But how close they remain to you is up to you. Oh, I have to actively be like, mm, not having you today. Boop. Not having you today either. Boop. And then you're like, oh, confidence? Is that you? <laughs> welcome come on in (laughs) I love that I really have to have this with myself every day because it's it's continuous it's continuous some days are easier than others some days are harder than others but yeah it's all possible it's all possible yeah I just I just don't know how you're just like there you go like I'm I'm shoving you away now bye like I mean it could take days it could take weeks sometimes it's a moment but that you have to actively be like, we're not having these thoughts. We're not having this mindset. Nope, 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 nope. And sometimes I'm able to tap into the pragmatic process of it. Like, you know, the logical thinking process where I'm like, is thinking this way actually going to help me? If this is what I want to achieve, will thinking that I can't do it because these people don't think I can, is that going to help me get closer to the goal? It doesn't. And so I had to start thinking rationally, what kind of thoughts are going to help me achieve this difficult task? Because it's difficult. You have to acknowledge this is going to be hard. You have to acknowledge you may feel less than, or you may feel weak, but you're going to grow the weakness into strength and you are going to be more as long as you believe that you can grow the weakness into strength yeah yeah that that one hit (laughs) that's definitely a bible verse and i wish i was better at remembering verses but i'm not um but yeah there's a verse about we are made strong in our weaknesses because god meets us in our weakness yeah Mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna let that one sit and then just hit on it marinate in it grill it whatever you gotta do (laughs) um I just want to ask because I'm curious like where what are you working towards or like what are you you know currently what is your current place process I would say physically in my career I'm working towards doing more of what I enjoy and not waiting for permission and validation to do it. And mentally, more so I'm working towards regaining self-acceptance for myself, like really believing and trusting myself, not because others believe that I deserve something or believe in me, but because I believe in me. Like I'm relearning how to be in that thought process. When you say relearning, like, did you forget it at some point? Like, I must have because, <laughs> because I, I think this year brought challenges that mm. are different from what I've gone through in the past where, okay, life was hard before, but I wasn't facing, you know, certain traumas that like I'm facing now. And so because I'm facing new challenges with new traumas that I haven't experienced. 
overcoming doesn't feel as easy as it did before or what I would rely on to feel like, oh, I've overcome this obstacle doesn't present itself in the same way. So that's why I say that I'm relearning because I might've learned it through one test, but now another test has come that looks completely different. And it's like, okay, we're back to square one. And in the beginning, I felt really defeated. And now, like I was saying before, I'm like, no, 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 this is the process of life, the high and the low. That's just, that's just how it's going to flow. And that's how it's always going to be. And it's up to me to figure out what my response is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire questions. And then we'll close this out. Um, What is a project or an artist that you want to dance for or with? Ah, this question for me is tough because maybe as a protective defense mechanism, I kind of told myself not to like idolize a certain artist, but I made it worse by maybe idolizing certain choreographers. So there's definitely choreographers I would love to work alongside someday. Um, genres that I would love to work in like I would love to do a k-pop project yes in fact k-pop is probably also the reason why I'm here um different conversation for a different day (laughs) but me too um, me too yeah I would love to work with a k-pop artist choreograph for them be in a tour be in a video a performance I still want to do a world tour with any type of artists. I say any type, but definitely I have a love for pop and hip hop and Afrobeats and dance hall. Um, and I have a love for choreographers that I know that lead well and for teams and camps that respect and value their artists. And so recently I worked with the lab and I would say that was a dream come true that I didn't even know was going to be a dream come true because they were so thorough, so respectful and the quality of work was amazing. The rehearsal environment was amazing. The cast was amazing. And so I want to do more jobs like that. Um, I also would love to continue growing as an educator in seeing how I can help people step into the light and overcome challenges that I faced in my career and in my industry. And yeah, there's more. The list goes on. Honestly, I want to do it all. I want to do it all. I want to do it all. Yes, I'm here for all of it. (laughs) Um, Something that happened today that made you, that brought you joy. I met up with a friend, mentor of mine, and they shared some really positive words of encouragement. And that Mm. brought me joy. Um, May I know what those words were? (laughs) Um, That... They were proud of me and that they were happy to see that I was doing well. Yes. Yes. Um, Something that you appreciate about yourself. I appreciate my patience. That I'm being patient with myself and where I'm at and what I'm doing and I'm taking the time to experience life instead of rushing through to meet whatever goal that the world's pace wants me to meet. Like I'm just being patient with myself and what I want to do, how I want to achieve it. Love that. And then a quote or affirmation that really resonates with you. 
because I am so indecisive and I have too many words in my head, the first thing that came to me is a verse. Um, can't give you the chapter, but it's be still and know that I am God. And Say I that one more time. Be still and know that I am God. And I think that goes back to patience. That goes back to contentment. And even the word settling that we used earlier, instead of saying I'm settling for less, but settling because there's more and being at peace with who you are and where you're at, no matter what's around you, what the circumstances. Once again, thank you so much, Halima, for sharing all of that. I just really feel like it was something that I really needed to hear. And it was really good reassurance that I should continue following my own path and that it takes a lot of courage to do. So thank you for that. You can find Halima on Instagram. That is underscore H-A-A-A-L-I-M-A underscore. You can also find her on her website, www.halimadodo.com. I really appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. And I know I've been gone for a while, but I'm back. You can find updates about this podcast at mind.in.movement on Instagram or more about me at justine.wang underscore. Thank you.